sorry, you know. Correct. I mean, it's still, this still the show. It's still the show. We're still here, right? We're still doing what we need to be doing here. Uh, it's just a little bit later, right? I mean, what, what can we do? Uh, but here we are. And it's the show. By the way, I am Dan Benjamin. You can follow me at uh, Dan Benjamin on Twitter, on Instagram, on uh, everywhere that you want, including YouTube right here, uh, where I would like to ask that you like and subscribe and uh, enjoy the content that I'm trying to create for you here by telling YouTube that you like it. And that happens when you smash the like button and hit subscribe and ring the bell so that you get notifications. Now, one thing is most of y'all are expecting that I do the show uh, in the morning and technically it is a morning show, but sometimes things come up. Today was one of those days. So I apologize for that. I am not a perfect person. Now, yeah, today was crazy. Let's just leave it at that. So you're seeing the slightly disheveled, weary end of the day version of the show instead of the bright and chipper good morning version of the show. Will I be more cynical? Will I be angrier? Will I be kinder and more gentle? I don't know, but my hair is messier. And you got that. That's happening. Oh, remind him about, okay. I'm supposed to remind y'all that you can support the show by going to patreon.com slash Dan Benjamin. And I saw somebody on Twitter said, I had to type the URL in myself because it's not linked. And by God, you are right. Got to link this. Now, if you remember last week, one of the things I was talking about was some changes that are coming to the show. Changes are always good. Change is good. You can't fight change. But they're going to be starting soon. You're going to see some new things. There's some, some stuff I've been working on, and it's starting, and it's starting soon. I'm excited about it, but I wanted some of it to be a surprise. Yes, I do. No! Yes. I do want it to be a surprise. Oh, also, somebody tweeted to me today that they would only follow me on uh, LinkedIn if I would do fewer sounds. And here's my response to that. I need it. I got it. Without a respect. I can write a hair play. Why can't I have a little drink out of my Guys ready to uh, start the news here? I sure am. First article I have for you, it is our coronavirus update. That's right. You, you knew that that was coming. Excuse me. I'm in need of medical attention. These coronavirus variants are keeping scientists awake at night. Well, first of all, thanks for the uh, inflammatory headline. I appreciate that. Of course, always expecting that to, uh, to happen. Uh, they are keeping scientists awake at night. That's what's happening. Scientists <laughs> are being kept awake at night because of this. But let me tell you about this. This is wonderful. This is the first article on CNN that I actually like and think is doing a, a, a good job. Uh, it's number one. <laughs> there you go. This is showing the di or talking about the different kinds of coronavirus. And I thought this was very, very helpful. So they are talking to someone named, uh, 
what is his name? Christian Gabler. That's your name, dude. He is a molecular immunologist at Rockefeller University. He's studying the body's immune system to coronavirus infection. I'm glad people like him exist. First, let's talk about B117. This one seemed to originate or first be detected in Britain. And then it came over to the U.S. and other places. And this is what people were saying. Oh, my gosh, this is this is the worst. It's going to be bad. This is going to be bad. It's more contagious. So here's here's the direct quote. Okay, from someone named Gregory Armstrong. He is the director of the Office of Advanced Molecular Detection at the CDC. This is what he said. Quote. It is not any more or less severe. It doesn't cause different rates of hospitalization or mortality. Let's say that again. Not more or less severe. Does not cause different rates of hospitalization or mortality. In other words, it won't make you more or less sick. And it won't have a greater or reduced chance of killing you. In other words, it's the same. And he also says, quote, as far as we know, because they get you're a scientist, man, you got you, you got to say that you can't say a fact. It's got to be, oh, as far as we know, as far as we know, it's transmitted in exactly the same way. And quoting from this article, it says that means the same measures already known to reduce spread will also stop the new variants, mask use, social distancing, avoiding large groups of crowds. And frequent hand washing. You don't hear people talking about the hand washing as much, but you should still uh, do it. Uh, he says that the B117 being more easily transmitted is compelling to him. He said that, um, but listen, listen to the numbers, okay? Because you always hear things that are right. You always hear things that are going to be more uh, contagious, so you get you you freak out. You freak out. Now, if you take these small numbers and multiply them, then the numbers are big. I'm not trying to take anything away from that. Okay, but listen to this. About 11 in every 100 people in contact with someone infected with the wild-type virus would themselves get infected. The wild-type virus is the regular coronavirus that's out in the wild. That's why they're calling it that. About 11 out of every 100 people in contact with someone infected with wild-type virus, there's another one of these ants. It's crawling right across the... I'm going to have to get some ant traps or something in here. What are they even eating? There's no food in here. But the contacts of people with B117, 16 out of 100 would get sick. So it's the difference between 11... And 16 out of 100. Now, if you turn that into millions of people, then the number is much bigger. I get that. But it's not like it's going from 11 out of 100 to 90 out of 100. It's going from 11 out of 100 to 16. That's not this world-affecting plague kind of spread that they were talking about. Uh, So just be aware of that. Now, there's another type that you might have heard about. It's called B1351 or B.1.351. This is one came out of South Africa. It's got different mutations. It caused more physical alterations in the structure of the spike protein. But there's one that is affects the receptor binding, which is the part of how it attaches to the cells. 
And this is this is the one thing to note. It says that it can help the virus partially escape the effects of vaccines because of the way that it works and because of the way that it binds. But they don't know. And they also say that um, it might not. So they're just saying they don't really know anything about that one. But they're saying even if it does dodge the immune defense kind of reaction, that the human body can still see it and fight against it. So don't worry, I guess, as much about that. They have one from Brazil, P.1 and P.2. Um, it's uh, basically, it. they think maybe it will be more transmissible, but again, they don't know anything else more about it. There's one called, the last one is called L425R. This one is in California is where they've seen this. And they say, quote, we don't know yet what the significance of that one is. Uh, they don't know. They say that um, it could become more common, but so far they're not really seeing a difference. It's just the fact that it's changing. So my question for everybody listening or watching this is uh, to what degree, and it's funny because I can see the stat numbers here. When I first started streaming this, there was like a couple hundred people on Periscope and then gradually it's it's gone lower and lower as the number of people watching on YouTube is slowly increasing. I think because Periscope, it tweets out on, Paris, on, on Periscope that people are like scrolling by in Twitter and they'll say, what's this? I've never seen this before. This is a weird time to be doing this. And they'll click it and they'll say, oh, is Dan talking about COVID? I, I'm out of here. Uh, so sayonara. Um, Alec Baldwin, speaking of sayonara, Alec Baldwin... And look, there's another one of these CNN stupid ads. Alec Baldwin has left Twitter after an uproar over his wife's heritage. Apparently, uh, she's from, where is she from? Is it the, the Bronx or something like that? Where Where is she from? She is from America, uh, someplace in America. She's American. And uh, Boston, that's where she's from, Boston. So she's from Boston. And apparently... She either said or it came out that she was kind of making it seem like she was from Spain and sometimes would speak with an accent. Um, okay. But uh, the internet, as the internet is likes to do, it attacked her for it. And uh, Alec Baldwin just eventually got fed up and he said, Twitter is like a party where everyone is screaming. Not much of a party. Goodbye for now. So he's he didn't delete his account. He didn't do anything like that. But he is taking a little bit of a break, I guess, from Twitter. Uh, CNN has an article talking about the Biden post-election market surge. They're saying this is the best possible thing for a new president in modern history. Uh, this is basically just telling us that now that Biden is going to be coming into office for the inauguration tomorrow, stocks have gained about 13% since Election Day as of today, a day before the inauguration. It says the second biggest surge was from late 1960, early 1961, when JFK defeated Richard Nixon. The S&P rose 8.8%. The market continued to rally during JFK's first 100 days in office, rising another 8.9%. But here we had a 6% uh, increase leading up to the inauguration. So now you know, maybe if you'd invested yesterday, your stocks would be worth 6% more. Uh, Pence and some other GOP officials are expected to skip the Trump send-off. 
So uh, this is going to happen at uh, the Joint Base Andrews on Wednesday. Um, Trump will be leaving the base at 8 a.m. to fly to Florida. There will be some formal ceremonies there. Um, he has declined to attend Joe Biden's inauguration, as, as we have discussed here multiple times. And now it would seem that, well, that was odd. Now it would seem that um, Pence was uh, going to stoop, but guess what? Pence is going to be at the inauguration. That's what it says. It says that uh, he's slated to appear there, so he can't be at uh, Trump's departure. It doesn't seem like those two guys are are friends anymore. Um, I have another article in here that's actually from TMZ uh, just saying that um, uh, President-elect Biden was supposed to get a government plane ride, not Air Force One, because Air Force One is a plane, but it's only Air Force One when the president's on it or something like that. Um, so he had to use a private jet to get there. Somehow this is news, but that's fine. Um, sad, some sad news. Just one last thing about coronavirus. I should have had it in the previous section. I deeply apologize. Uh, coronavirus death toll in America has surpassed 400,000. Uh, hard to believe uh, that it's that high. What I still want to see is I want to see a breakdown of that number. They didn't have it in the detail I want in that article. I want to see a breakdown of that number. What I want to know are how many people, regardless of age, regardless of age, and then further broken down by age, but I would like to see a, a, a breakdown of people who were in perfect health, contracted coronavirus, and died from it, and break that down by age. So how many people 18 years old and under were in perfect health, contracted coronavirus and died. Give me that number. Then, you know, however you want to break it, is it, is it going to be 18 to 24, 25 to four, whatever the, the age groups are, I want to see it broken down. This person who was 40 years old in perfect health, no uh, comorbidities, who then died from coronavirus, show me those numbers. That's important. I'm not saying it's important because, oh, only people have comorbidities are going to die from it. I want those numbers because I think most people, most people don't have comorbidities and are relatively healthy. They might not have the best diet. They might not be in great shape, et cetera. Um, but I'm saying that they're, they don't have any conditions. They don't have any problems. They don't have any health issues. Perfectly healthy people. I want to know the percentage of those people who get coronavirus and die. And I want that broken down by age. If anyone can give me that, I will... Uh, Love you forever. Okay. Forbes has launched a massive expansion of paid newsletters. They are finally, and they're really the first big publisher uh, getting on the bandwagon of newsletters. And just like you're seeing a lot of companies do like Spotify saying, we're going to make our own uh, podcasts. You're now seeing um, uh, companies like this say, you know what? Newsletters are a big thing now. We're going to do our own newsletters. We're going to start doing newsletters. That's how people want the news. That's cool. We're Forbes. We'll do it. They're going to be hiring 20 to 30 writers with big followings. In other words, they're going to be tapping people. I bet like people like Casey Newton, for example, who has a great newsletter that he's been doing for a while. Uh, I'm not saying they're going to tap him. I'm saying that people like him where they'll say, hey, 
you've got a newsletter. It's pretty great. Uh, or maybe we think you would be pretty great to do a newsletter. Come and do one. Then later, they're going to be offering its existing editorial verticals uh, so that they can have like up to their 2,800 person contributor network doing newsletters as well. So I'll read from the article here. It's on uh, Axios. Forbes, uh, it says the idea is to create a platform that offers writers all of the marketing, editorial, and salary benefits of being part of the Forbes newsroom, but gives them enough editorial independence to ensure that their audiences follow them over to Forbes. Let me cut to the chase here. The future of this kind of publication is not going to be, I'm going to go to Forbes.com and read what's on Forbes. It's going to be, I get a newsletter that's from Forbes about this topic. It's all going to become distributed. It's going to be completely different. Trust me on this. It remains to be seen exactly how it shakes out, but this is going to be good. It says writers will be able to split subscription revenue for the newsletters 50-50 with Forbes, so they make half of what people pay for the newsletter. Um, the ad rev share will be based on page views and recurring visitors. We will pay a flat rate based on page views and a bonus based on recurring page views. This is Forbes Chief Content Officer Randall That's your name, Lane. Uh, dinosaur. They think that they have found the biggest, world's largest creature ever. Paleontologists discovered the fossilized remains, here's a picture of it if you're watching, of a 98 million year old titanosaur in the Nuquian province name, in Argentina's northwest Patagonia. Uh, they have uncovered the remains of a gigantic dinosaur. They think it is one of the largest creatures to have ever walked the earth. It's 98 million years old. It's called, like I said, a titanosaur. Um, to give you an idea of how big this thing is, uh, here is um, here's some comparisons. They say, uh, oh wait, I've lost the comparisons. Here it is. Here's the picture, uh, but it's <laughs> it's not comparing anything. It's just why do they make him have stripes? And I thought dinosaurs all had uh, feathers. So where's this dude's feathers? He's got stripes. How do they know he had stripes? Okay. But he, he was up to 40 meters and weighed up to 110 tons. That's insane, isn't it? Can you imagine something that's that big walking around? Unbelievable. Pretty cool. All right. Bye, Dino. Um, okay. I think I have another TMZ article here. Oh, yeah. So do you remember that, uh, that um, Pelosi's laptop got stolen during the... Uh, during the Capital uh, event last week. Well, here's a lady that did it. I mean, she looks like the kind of person that would steal your laptop, doesn't she? <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, the alleged Capitol rioter accused of swiping Nancy Pelosi's laptop. Well, she's accused. Innocent until proven guilty. <clears throat> Possibly intending to give it to Russia has turned herself in, but she's not facing any theft charges yet. The feds have booked Riley Williams name, for dude. the same slew of charges as several other alleged insurrectionists, basically trespassing, violent entry, and disorderly conduct. And uh, so, I guess, how was she going to give that to Russia? Because apparently she was. Okay, here's something I don't usually do on this show. Uh, talk about product recommendations. But I love the company 12 South. They make really, really great stuff. and. Um, 
they have announced this thing. They have a uh, a stand that they make. That I've had one of these for a different device. They, it's called a Park Slope stand. Um, but this one works for both the MacBook and the iPad. It creates a lot of airflow around it, and it angles it. Look at these pictures. So this is how your iPad is going to sit right there on it, and this is how your beautiful, I think um, this is a great solution. This is how your beautiful um, MacBook is going to sit on top of it. So I imagine if you were, don't, don't call me now, Ryan, um, but isn't this beautiful? I think that's really nice, especially if you're like drawing or sketching. And they even say if you're sketching with the Apple Pencil, wouldn't that be perfect to have it just sitting there right like that? I really want one of these things. Very cool. Uh, and they should sponsor the show. Something everybody is talking to me about. Everybody expects me to have a lot to say about, um, but I, I really don't. Uh, I'm just looking for the soundbite. Here it is. Apple. Uh, Apple Podcasts has launched the new Spotlight editorial feature to promote rising creators every month. I expect to see this show on there. Apple, you're listening to me, Apple? Are you listening? Are you listening? Because this is a good show and it should be up there, but it, it, they're not, they're not going to put it up there. But what they're doing is they're spotlighting uh, different podcasts. This one here is uh, Chelsea Devantes, I guess, who has something called Celebrity Book Club. And I, you know, I don't know about it, but here's a synopsis of the show. I'm not even going to read this. I don't care. Uh, but anyway. Um, Ben Cave, who's the global head of business for uh, Apple name, Podcasts, man. said that the Spotlight feature is designed to help listeners find some of the world's best shows. So you can go there on Apple Podcasts and it'll have a spotlight and it'll be highlighting a show and they're trying to do a different one every month. I'm yawning. Oh my goodness, excuse me, because it's like that time of day. Um, this is why I do it in the morning. Now you understand. Now you know my secrets. Say on in the afternoon. I'm sorry. Um, Pocket Cast. Remember, I was talking a little bit about Pocket Cast earlier in the week. Uh, it is for sure now up for sale. Uh, they are. It was acquired back in 2018, in May of 2018. Uh, it was acquired by NPR, WNYC, WEZ Chicago, and This American Life. And they thought this is going to be like the national public radio kind of you know, podcast app for the people and it didn't work out. And um, it says current, which is what I linked to last week, reported that in NPR's latest financial statement, the owners had met and agreed to sell it. Um, but they're saying now that the plan of sale is still in development. Uh, it says the um, that NPR uh, lost $812,129 in, in the year. Um, and so here's the, an actual image. I guess this is coming from that, what their investment was and what they feel they have lost. So sorry to hear that. Um, but the Pocket Cast developers agreed to the deal. And, uh, and, and this is back in 2018. They said, this is cool. And they said, going forward, things are going to be different. We'll be moving faster. We'll be more ambitious in the things we do. And we'll have some amazing insights from the top podcast producers in the world to help guide our future. They never talked to me. I could have, I could have saved this whole thing. I could have told them exactly what to do. And they would have been like, thanks, Dan, you, you saved it. And I would have been like, yeah, this is what you need to do. 
Um, okay. So <laughs> more about they're calling it a siege on the Capitol. I like that. I want to call it a siege because that makes me think of a castle. Dating apps are using images from the siege to ban riders account. You've got Bumble, Tinder, Match, and uh, some of the other ones it listed here saying they're using facial recognition, I guess, uh, or they're using those images and they're finding them on these apps and they're banning them. So now these people can't even go out on dates anymore. They can't even go out on dates. So if you see them in your dating app while you're swiping through, report them. They're going to jail. All right. So here are some quotes that I'm going to leave you with. This quote is from Mitch Hedberg. That's your name, dude. And uh, he says he, he was an author, and I'm sorry, and more of a known as an American comedian. He passed away in 2005. And uh, the quote that he said is, I don't own a cell phone or a pager. I just hang around everyone I know all the time. If someone wants to get a hold of me, they just say, Mitch. And I say, what? And turn my head slightly. <laughs> he says another quote, I want to hang a map of the world in my house. Then I'm going to put pins into all the locations that I've traveled to. But first, I'm going to have to travel to the top two corners of the map so it won't fall down. I thought that was funny. We all need a little bit of humor in our life. And man, my phone is going nuts right now. I am going to let you go. I'll be back tomorrow morning, regular time, not in the afternoon. But I appreciate everybody who showed up. Look at all the people in YouTube. Thanks for watching on YouTube because we don't know what's going to happen with Periscope. Once again, I'm Dan Benjamin at Dan Benjamin on Twitter and Instagram. More people need to follow me on Instagram and find me on LinkedIn because I'm going to be doing some special content for LinkedIn soon. I hope fingers crossed that they can get me in the door now that I've got enough followers. So thanks to all of you for following me on LinkedIn. Uh, now you can keep following me. I'll keep accepting you, but uh, I'm in. I'm in. Well, at least I'm in from the follower account standpoint. And. Uh, you can also follow me, uh, like I said, on Instagram. I do fun stuff on Instagram. I'd love to get more followers there because that's more fun for me than Twitter. And uh, here on YouTube, uh, please remember to like and subscribe and uh, ring the little bell so that when I go on, you can see me and hear me and get the notification. And finally, certainly not least, not not least, support the show on Patreon, patreon.com slash Dan Benjamin. Go there and give me five bucks a month. That's what I'm asking you for. Uh, my kids need to uh, need to go to college. So that's all I've got for you today. I'll be back tomorrow morning. Y'all have a good one. Drive safe.